Welcome to another episode of Pillars of Smoke podcast. Today we're exploring and unpacking the richness of our relationship with God. Today we'll delve into a fascinating topic, God as a friend. We'll illuminate 10 facets of how God engages with us in a deep, personal, and transformative friendship, much like a beloved friend would. Throughout this journey, we'll, del- we'll dive into scripture, consult theologians, and most importantly, explore how these principles apply to our, deep- to our daily walk with God. So grab a cup of your favorite beverage, find a quiet spot, and let's delve into the profound friendship we have with our Creator. Pillars of Smoke podcast. My name is Sam. And I'm Mag. Oh, that's one of my favorite hymns right there. Oh, man, me too. And Ghost Ship. Oh, Ghost Ship is ridiculous. Oh, man. They did such a good job in this rendition, bro. What a and, good song. And you know what? There's not... Like, it's funny because a, a lot of renditions of this song kind of just stay true to the music. Mm-hmm. It's like to the, to the sheet music. Yeah. Like... And they don't they don't explore things like I th- I feel like I feel like there's three people that do really good jobs of renditions of this song it's them Newsboys and the Sync Team okay and of course there's like Alan Jackson come on but come on but he stays true to like the more traditional like him style keeping yeah. the tempo like yeah Alan, but not like fast paced though no like, fast paced fast paced is like very few. Very that few. actually actually do it well. Worship Initiative is one of my favorites with uh, Shane and Shane. Their mm. rendition is absolutely phenomenal, in my opinion. But a really good one for for this song, believe it or not, is Aretha Franklin. Oh, yeah, she kills it. Huh. She kills it in this song. Might have to listen to that later. Yeah, it's a really good one. It's a really really good one. Man, so a friend in Jesus, a friend in God. Yeah, God is a friend. That's a, that's an interesting relationship. That's like, like thinking throughout time. Yeah. Like, people didn't necessarily look at God or their gods, you know, as friends, pagan gods, as <laughs> as their friends. Like yeah. it was this uh this deity in the sky that was about to rain down wrath upon them if they didn't do what they were supposed to. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because 
I'm not even sure that in today's 21st century culture we still view God as a friend. I don't. I. It's. It's not very common mm-hmm. that someone says um, that God is my friend, mm-hmm. and Jesus is my friend, things like that. Right. So it's. It's kind of a. It's. I'm not gonna. I want to say that it's an isolated idea, within. Um, within Christendom mm-hmm. that we have Jesus as our friend. Right. Interestingly enough, I've been watching, th- I've been watching through the, uh, through the chosen series, mm-hmm. first three seasons. If you haven't watched that series, you need to watch it. It is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's, it, I think it's very accurate from what I've seen. I haven't seen anything weird. I haven't seen anything like out of pocket or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a really good job at depicting Jesus as the friend of his disciples. And mm. not only his disciples, but even like the people that he encountered. Right. It makes it, ve- I've never seen a series like that. I've seen a lot of, you know, documentaries. I've seen a lot of series. I, I've seen a lot of movies about the life of Christ and the disciples and so on and so forth. But none quite as good at doing, uh, at doing such a good job at, at, um, at depicting at, at, at depicting the relationship that Jesus had with people mm. and the relationship that people had with Jesus with Jesus because think about it I mean these were these are fishermen these are mm-hmm. these are common folk these are sinners these are Gentiles these are people who you know these aren't elite right. scholars these aren't theologians these aren't religious <laughs> leaders in the in their space or in their time they were just common people and the relationship that they have with Jesus, I mean, they were joking around a lot. Right. In the series, they, pick, they depict it as, you know, Jesus is, is having fun with them, enjoying himself. Right. There's this one scene where, there's this one scene, I think it's in season three, where the woman who was continuously, continuously bleeding for 12 years, she yes. wants to, like, touch the garment of Jesus. Mm. And Jesus turns around and she says, hey... Who touched my garment? And we all know that story. Right, right, right. But after that, Jesus goes on off. He does another miracle. He does something else. People are chasing him. Like people like want to interact with Jesus, and then he like goes away into like the into like a beach area. Type uh-huh. of, like, I want to say somewhere in Galilee or somewhere, like in the in the water, um, maybe close to the Dead Sea. It was, this is like I don't. This was in Capernaum. So. He goes off into like the water area with all of his disciples. And the disciples are like going into the beach to go swimming. <laughs> they're, going, they're going in for a swim. And then a bunch, like a couple of other people show up to the beach to give Jesus thanks. And the, the lady shows up to talk to Jesus, this and that. And he's mm-hmm. like, hey, I'd love to talk to you some more. But right now I'm going to go enjoy myself with my disciples, Ooh. with my students. I'm, I'm just going to go to the beach and hang out with my boys. That's cool. And I think that's, that's a beautiful relationship. And I think that's a relationship that not a lot of people will, can consider themselves having with Jesus at some point. Right. Can you say that you have that kind of friendship and relationship with Jesus? Well, I think that it's, I think that it's hard for us now to see that tangibly, right? Because, you know, right. you, have, you have your friends, you have your family, your brothers, your sisters, your, like, like your parents, like stuff like that. And you can see, every, you can see a lot of different people as friends. And it's, it's easy to see someone as a friend 
when they're tangible. Sure. Right. Like sure. like when you can touch them, feel them, hear them, like see them. Oh, like, and that was for sure the big difference. Right. Exactly. And that's and that's a really big difference. But like it doesn't negate the fact that Jesus throughout the gospels still calls us his friends. Right. Like uh was it John fifteen thirteen? Yes. Uh no greater love is this than he who lays down his life for his friends. friends. Like yeah. it's it's that big I or, or or then you have like like besides this one song of like what a friend we have in Jesus, one of the other only th- songs that that I can think of is Israel Houghton's "I Am a Friend of God." God. Well, there's like, a lot of them actually. There's there's a lot of them, but like like prominently known songs like "Hey," yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. like there's very few like songs that really kind of depict this relationship that we have with a deity, right? As a friend, right? And and it's a very interesting relationship that we have, that we have with our Maker. Right. Um, by the way, I just thought of a couple. It's uh, Jesus, friend of sinners, um, by Casting Crown, and Jesus is a friend of mine. That's the original version, and uh, you are my King, which is you know, which is also like amazing love. Mm-hmm. That's another like. Um, friend song like friend type of song and then also I have decided to follow Jesus mm. I have decided to follow Jesus oh yeah yeah, yeah that one yeah yeah so, so it's, so it's kind of cool because like when we think about like friendship like you think about a camaraderie you think about someone who holds you accountable you absolutely. think about someone who's there to help you and support you and guide you and be a counsel like a shoulder to cry on someone to laugh with you share those joyous moments in your life like and that's a that's a that's a beautiful relationship mm-hmm. to to have with someone, um, and who better to have it with than with God, your Creator, with your Maker. Uh, so, there's a couple of ideas here yeah. that we have. The first one is very interesting because God initiates the friendship, right? And that's a big idea. That is a really big idea. Because it's not only at the moment of conception in which God initiates the... Well, it's not only the moment of salvation. Right. We think, oh, it's the moment of salvation where God initiates this friendship with mm-hmm. us. But it's also at the moment of conception. We have hmm. passages in the Psalms, uh, hey, I fashioned you in your mother's womb. Hmm. I fashioned you. And then it's also, I knew you before time even began. Mm. Yeah. Passages like that 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 give credence to this idea of God initiates a, a relationship a friendship with us, a relationship with us. God foreknew you. Before the creation was ever made, God foreknew you. He mm. knew you. And it's what kind of knowing is it? Well, a lot of theologians, a lot of scholars a lot of people will go into this debate, but it's the simple idea that God just knows who you are, mm-hmm. and and it's it's and it's I I think it's I'm I'm struggling to find the right word, but it's we have to first understand who God really is, right? Because th- consider that like it's one thing that Sam and I know you, we're nobody, right? It's another thing that the governor knows you. Mm-hmm. Or you know, or like the president, or the here. president. Well, I don't. Well, whatever. Um, <laughs> Whichever president, <laughs> whichever one. 
<laughs> but it's another thing that somebody that a celebrity knows you. Right. Uh, we'll 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 it's talk like the, differently. Well, it's, we'll, like the, it's like the it's like the the five degrees of separation. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm friends with this person because they know this person and this person and this person and this person. It's like, right? but you don't know that person and they don't know you. You just know people that know the person. <laughs> but it's that it's that idea, kind of 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 man, like the the we kind of like elevate people of statuses and things like that. But imagine right. that. Like, imagine if the president knew who you were personally. Mm. Well, just imagine that the creator of the, the entire universe hmm. knows who you are. And not only knows you, but he initiates that friendship with you. Mm-hmm. Well, we see passages like that in, in John chapter 15, verse 15. I and mean, you had just mentioned the, the passage previous to that. Um, no longer do I call you servant. For the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you what? Friends. Friend. Friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Mm. Well, not only does Jesus call us friend, but he also gives us scripture. Mm-hmm. He also gave us the very word of God, the very, the very sustenance, the very, um, the very thing that created the entire universe. Right. God gave us in order to make our life complete. Mm-hmm. In order to make us, in order to you know for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, for all of those things. Right, right, right. But He gives it to us in order that we not only know where our origins come from. But we know that God is also our friend. But I, but I, I also love the idea of that one verse because it's also like it, it speaks to like the true nature of like God initiating friendship because Absolutely. it's it's moving us from a place of servitude. Yeah. Like like I can imagine I can imagine the disciples at first like when they were following Jesus around like hey what can we do for you what do we need to do how do we need to do this what like tell us where we need to go what we need to do for you so we can get everything done and it's like yeah yo, yo, calm down. Here's the plan. Like, I'm going to tell you guys everything, and then let's see where everyone fits. Right. Like, it's different. That is very much like, no, no. Like, come alongside me because you're my friend. I'm not asking you to, like, to do ser- I'm not asking you to serve me. I'm asking you to serve with me. Wow. Like, it changes that. At, like, I don't serve. You don't serve me. I don't, I don't serve like, you. Like, I, 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 I'm in the young adults ministry, right? Yeah. And... I'm I'm a leader within that quote unquote. I'm a leader within that ministry, but Servant no leadership. one, no one, no one in that ministry serves me. Right. Everyone serves with me. Right. Right. And I consider all those people that serve with me to be my friends. Like, and it's the same idea here. Like he's initiating that friendship by saying, "You're you're here to serve with me. You're here to help me do the things that need to get done." Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it, I think this idea of, I think that the, the, um, the separation between servant and friendship, mm-hmm. it's demonstrating that deep personal bond that Absolutely. we can also have with, with God, with, with Jesus as well. Um, and that deep personal bond, it just solidifies who you are mm. to God. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the idea here is very oftentimes, we feel like God is like this distant, grumpy old man who's just <laughs> mad at everything I do because everything I do is wrong. Right. I never choose, you know, 
if it was up to me, I would only live in my sinful state. I would only live, you know, to gratify my own flesh all mm -hmm. the time, 24-7. It would be all about me. And I think that this, this, this passage, that separation of servant and, and friend, really allows us also that, um, that access mm -hmm. to Jesus. Because if we were only servants, we wouldn't have that access. Right that we do as friends right. you can't just pick up you know you can pick up the phone to call to call your master but the relate the friendship like the the not the friendship excuse me the the conversation that you're going to have with him is going to be very different than you're mm -hmm. going to have with him as a friend right i mean there's very few things um there's there's a lot of things that i would tell my friends that i necessarily wouldn't tell my my staff oh, or absolutely. my employee or anything like that or someone who just who I pay to get a service from. Right. Like, I'm not calling up Comcast and, you know, venting about my day. Except your barber. Except your barber. <laughs> hey, that is, oh, bro, don't talk about my barber, bro. Your, bar, your barber might as well be your friend. Bro. Like. <laughs> I'd rather you talk about my mama than my barber. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that kind of that kind of segues into, like, the second point, like, God shows love and friendship, right? Like, mm -hmm. if he didn't have love for us, he wouldn't call us friends to begin with. That's good. Right? So, like, he shows that love through that friendship and, like, extending the hand ex and saying, like, come alongside me. But even more so, like, Romans 5, 8. But God shows love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Which pulls back also to John 15, 13, where it's like, no greater love is this that a man should lay down his life mm -hmm. for his friends. Right? So, it's like, you, I feel like, I feel like. Proverbs is very good in what it says in that a brother is made for times of adversity. Right. Right. But friends are people that we choose. Like siblings, siblings are people that are born with us, but that friends are those who we choose. And we grow a certain love for our friends that we want to see our friends do better. Sure. We, we, would, we would do almost anything for our friends, especially those that are in our close inner circles. Like Absolutely. You help them. Like, dude. You I, don't know, move. I don't know how many times I've helped friends move. Right. And it's like, I'm picking up a box of your drawers, bro. Like <laughs> Of your what? Of your drawers. <laughs> I'm picking up a box of your underwear. Like, Dude, I, I'm all I gonna, have to do is open this drawer and I have to, I have to no, whatever. But even, but even more so, like, like, think about, like, like, I've been to friends' houses and I've washed their dishes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same. Like, I've watched their kids. They've watched mine. Like, there's just different moments like that you would do think that you things that you would only do for someone that you love. Right. Right. And it's the same thing with the Lord. Well, consider, consider the extent of his love. Oh. Consider the extent of God gave his life for us. God gave his son for us. God, mm. I mean, there's no greater love than that. None. Than he who actually gives his life for a friend. I mean, that's a, that's a beautiful, bold statement. That's a mm -hmm. big statement. But that's such a loving statement because as much as I love my friends, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's easy to say, "Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll catch a bullet for you." But how? But how? How much would you really substitute yourself for me? That's like, what I'm saying. Like, if you ask me to go to work for you, uh, I got my own work to, that I need to get done. <laughs> like, you see what I'm talking about? Like, but I think I think John Stott has a good has a good quote. It's uh, the essence of sin is man substituting himself for God. Well, the essence of salvation is God substituting himself for man. Come on. Like that God's love, the, the love of substitution. Like 
you, you really have to love someone to substitute yourself for that person. For that person. Like, and it's and a lot of people when they first come to salvation, one of the things that one of the big questions a lot of people ask is why me? Mm-hmm. What what did I do to deserve this? Nothing. Nothing. That's God's grace. That's that's the, one of his that's attributes. The grace aspect, which we will get into. That's the grace aspect. But that's the love that God has mm-hmm. for those who are his, for those friends that he has, that he'll give his life for. Yeah. He'll substitute himself. And think, <clears throat> excuse me, think about that, that, that substitution. Mm-hmm. Substitutionary atonement. It's not, <laughs> bro, come on. It's substitutionary atonement is right. what it is. I'm not just, hey, I'm not just checking in for you at work. I'm not just doing your work for, I'm not just helping you move. I'm not just helping you pay your bills. I'm substituting your eternal life. Hmm. I'm going to substitute the penalty of your sin, which is death. I'm going to embrace that. Hmm. I'm going to bring on the wrath of God onto myself. I'm going to, I'm going to feel the weight of your sin in order that you may have eternal life. There's no greater friend than that. No, there is not. Because that this is the this is the thing. I may love my friends, but am I going to give them my my am I going if am I willing to sit in the judgment of God on their behalf? Hmm. That's what Jesus does. Now here's another friend aspect. Something that a lot of friends will do. Me and Mag do it quite frequently. We sit and we listen to each other. We help each other through stuff. Yeah. We respond to comments. Yeah. Give guidance, give counsel. And God does the same thing. He God does. listens and responds. In Jeremiah 29, verse 12. Jeremiah verse 20, chapter 29, verse 12. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. Hmm. God wants us to do that. God invites us to pray to him. Hmm. One thing that I've learned is a lot of people don't know how to pray. It's true. We, I, I read this little tiny book. And I've, I've mentioned this book here probably a couple of times um, by Don Whitney, Donald Whitney. And the book is called Praying the Bible. Mm. There is one... There is a man, that book is so impactful. I've, I've, I've read it I've read it a couple of times, but it took me one reading of that book to memorize this quote that I will never forget. When you pray the Bible, you pray in the language of God. Mm. <laughs> Bro, what? Mm. I mean, we're not gonna get into praying the Bible right now. <laughs> it's 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 a it'll take too much time. Go read the book. Yeah, go read the book. The book is super <laughs> short. It's maybe like it's maybe like 40, 50 pages. Yeah, it's not a huge book. And it's tiny. Like, it's big fonts, double-spaced, <laughs> something like that. Um, but it's such a, every, it's every such good, a powerful every, book. Every, every good seminary paper. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Times New Roman 14.5, baby. Double-spaced. <laughs> um, so, uh, what was I going to say? 
Yeah, I mean, God invites us. He he mm-hmm. wants us to to pray to Him. He wants to talk to us. He wants to have that interpersonal relationship. The, commu- the communication. He wants to communicate with us, and He does. Mm-hmm. And He does. I don't. I don't know. I have. I, I think that's like a big portion of friendship is communication. If you're not, if you're not talking to your friends, can oh, you call? Gonna... Can you call me friends? If you if if you stop talking to your friends for a very long time, chances are your friends are going to move on. They're going to think you don't like them, or vice versa, or there's something wrong. Something happened in the relationship, and and you're no longer friends because of it. I have some friends that I can I haven't I haven't seen in a while. I haven't talked to in a long time. But I can shoot them a text message and they'll respond. Absolutely. Like, and that's where you can say that's a true friend. That's a it's it's a deep and lasting relationship that you created at one point in your time at one point in time, and it's still kind of there. But it's not the same that it was when you were in constant communication with them. And I think that's that's like the bigger point here, where it's like, yes, God listens and responds, but God wants us to be in constant communication with Him. Like, that's the point of Him being our friend. Right. And this is this is the I was having this conversation with someone not too long ago, um, and they mentioned that hey I, I reach out to God and I pray and I do this and I do that, I'll come to church and I'll serve, but God just doesn't respond. I don't mm. I don't hear him do anything. I don't hear him say anything. He doesn't communicate with me. And immediately my question was, when was the last time you read the Bible? <laughs> and they chuckled and they were like, "Are you serious?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm absolutely serious." It's been like how three months. Think, yeah. Well, how, how do you think he's going to communicate with you? You think, you, you think you're going to get a talking rock? You're going to get. You think you're going to get a talking like a, a little bush of fire? The burning bush you? was a one-time deal, people. Bro, you, you think that? Who? Oh man, I always forget his name. Balaam's donkey's going to talk to you. <laughs> Balaam's donkey. <laughs> Stop God. hitting me. <laughs> you think God's going to talk to you through your dog, through your Yorkie? Come on, man. Open that Bible up. Hear what the Lord has mm. to say. He, he spoke through, bro, he he spoke through the writers and through the mm. prophets. He's, and here's and, and, and here's what I'll say. There's to, to to that specifically. There's a lot of people out there that's like, no, you know, I was I was sitting in my backyard and I was observing the trees and I started oh thinking God. about this and that and I felt the Lord talking. To <laughs> it's yeah. like, okay, none of that lines up with scripture. Yeah. However, yeah, however, however, I do know people who are ingrained in the Word mm-hmm. and have those same experiences. Yeah, and what they start thinking about is God's Word, right? And they start thinking about the bird that came down and found some food, and it's how he feeds the sparrows, or it's or it's they're looking at they're looking at a tree, mm-hmm. and how it's like the leaves are like blowing in the wind and everything else, and it's like well yeah even the trees will praise God like like it's it's different things like that that it's like okay when it li- when when you tell me you had an experience in your backyard with God, if it doesn't line up with scripture. That tells me you have not been reading your Bible. Absolutely. That tells me you have not been communicating with God. And then there's a further one. I told a friend this about this the other day in prayer life. Um, People who get trapped up in prayer and don't know what to say or just keep stumbling on their words. Right. Or like, they just, (laughs) every other word, it's like, um, 
um, um, um, Lord, um, Lord, uh, <laughs> Lord God, Lord God, uh, <laughs> like it, it's it's really just because you have not spent enough time yeah. in Scripture, you have not spent enough time in prayer yeah. to know how to communicate with That's Him, right. and it's it's. I promise you, if you are one of those people, I I I'm probably I don't mean to attack you, <laughs> but I want you to try this out. Read your Bible every day. That's right. Ten minutes a day, fifteen minutes a day. Grab a passage. Read that passage. You Just can, break that can, thing down. Read a can, chapter. You a day. can. We can apply the the Pastor Carlos, uh, fi- uh, fifteen rule. Yes. Or the five minutes in prayer, five minutes uh, reading, and five minutes. In meditating, I think it is. I think in worship or meditation. Yeah, or worship. Like five minutes of worship, five minutes of prayer, five minutes of reading. And see how that doesn't. And that's not like a prescription for all of your life. I'm talking about like that's a prescription to get you started. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a prescription to get you started in communicating with God and watch how over time, and in a quick amount of time too, yeah. that you will start to see that God listens Absolutely. and responds because Absolutely. he's your friend. So in light of the Lord listening and responding, he also comforts in times of trouble. Absolutely. Because that's, that's another aspect that will very often, we will only go to God when we're going through times of trouble. Mm-hmm. So if we're not continually in prayer, if we're not continually in scripture, mm-hmm. and if we only go to God in times of trouble, we won't know how he's going to respond or how he listens. Mm-hmm. You see how this is building on itself? Yeah. Like if you're not in the Bible and if you're not praying constantly, how are you going to know God's, how are you going to, ha- how are you going to expect God to instruct you and to comfort you mm. in a time, in time of trouble when you don't even <clears throat> know how he listens and how he talks? Mm. I think, I think one of the, one of the passages of scripture that I always, really reminds me of that is Lamentations 3, mm-hmm. uh, 19 through 24. Uh, remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. So all those times of trouble and everything else, those, those times of need and the right. times that you need comfort. And then verse 21, but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Wow. Like that alone, if that doesn't bring you comfort in your times of trouble, like Listen to what, but this I recall to mind. Right. Like, the communication that you had with him and him responding to you <laughs> through whatever means, <laughs> like, it is, it is his response that brings you comfort. And like, and like here it's also in Second uh, Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Mm. And this is beautiful, too, because now this starts... This this really starts to play into this whole thing where when we really have our relationship in tune with the Lord, where we really start to see him as our friend. And these are just four things that we've gone over so far, right? So far, we've only gone through these four things, but right. this comfort aspect, right? Especially in light of like 2 Corinthians 1, he's comforting us 
so that we can comfort others. Come on. And this is huge because now it's taking now it's taking a turning point to where it's it's showing us that our relationship with God is going to dictate our relationship with other people. And that's even bigger because how would you show the love of God to other people if you your first have not ex- if you first have not experienced it? That's huge. Wow. That's gigantic. Uh, Michael Michael W. Smith, a worship leader, Ooh. a very popular worship leader, um, has a phenomenal quote. Uh, he says, you can't lead someone. And this is more in the context of worship for worship leaders, but it applies to us as well. You can never lead someone to a place where you haven't been before. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been, hmm. if you haven't been through those valleys with God, if you haven't been at the mountaintop of worship and exaltation and prayer and, and learning of scripture and the depths of, of, of the word of God, if you haven't been there on your own, how can you expect to lead someone, <clears throat> oh, you, someone else in that direction? You can't. You can't. And this is, this is what Pete, uh, excuse me, this is what Paul's telling us in Second Corinthians. Hmm. We have to go there first. We have to let God lead us there first. We have to be in, in scripture first. We have to be in prayer first. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a, now, that's an interesting portion there because that's a, that's a humbling thing in friendship. Absolutely. Like, For sure. Like I have, I have things that I know, and Mag has things that he knows. And both me and Mag have learned from each other. Both, both me and Mag have taught each other things. For sure. Like... And it's, it's a humbling thing to say, I don't know it all. Mm-hmm. It's a humbling thing to say to a friend, teach me this. Well, especially now in the, in the guru generation. Oh, my God. <laughs> with, with all the gurus out there, with, oh with people goodness. that know everything. We, we host this podcast not because we feel like we know everything. Yeah. We're we, learning we, as we go. Oh, people. absolutely. A hundred percent. But we host this, 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 this podcast because... We want to share with people what we've learned. It's not that we think that we know everything. We, we think that we have this depth, <clears throat> this depth of knowledge, mm-hmm. which, yeah, you know what? We do. We do have a certain depth of knowledge because we've spent time studying, mm-hmm. but we don't know everything. Absolutely right. not. We don't know everything. Um, there are guys who can run circles absolutely. around us. And they, they do. There's people that absolutely run circles around us. Um, but we do want to share with, mm-hmm. with everyone listening that there are things that we've learned and we, we would love to share. It. We, we would love to pass that knowledge along in order to encourage you guys to, hey, dive into scripture, mm-hmm. dive into prayer, take worship seriously, take God seriously. And this is what friends do. They take each other seriously. They take each other seriously and they guide and teach each other things. Yes. And that's another thing that God does. He guides and he teaches. Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Mm. I I have this passage also. I think it's one of my favorites in light of teaching. But yeah, go ahead. Go ahead with Ezra. Go ahead with with what you were going (laughs) to say. And I'm going to pull up Ezra real quick. So, you know, just as a God, as a friend, God provides guidance and wisdom to help us navigate through life. And. You know, I think that's something that's 
I think that is something that is um, taken for granted, right? Like, like the Lord gives a lot of wisdom and a lot of guidance to us. And it, I, I had a coworker at a, when I was working in accounts payable at UM. Mm-hmm. Her name was Vicky. She actually, her her morning devotional, every single day, was that she read a proverb a day. Oh, that's nice. And she I have did a buddy it. that does that. <laughs> and she did, it, she did it every single month. Like, it's 31 Proverbs, man. Ju- June 1st, Proverbs 1. June 2nd, Proverbs 2. June 3rd, Proverbs 3. June 4th, Proverbs 4. Like, it never, it never failed. And that was just her morning devotional. And it was because she would take that and, like, literally, like, there was times where, like, I'd see her super frustrated. And I'd be like, what's going on, Vicky? And she's like, it doesn't matter. I read in Proverbs this morning. Da, 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 so I have the guidance that I need for it. And I'm Ooh. like, dang. Ooh. All right. <laughs> Ooh. Come on. And it's just, it's, it's people take for granted the things that the Lord wants to teach us. And we just don't do it. And reading a proverb a day for, for six months. Mm-hmm. There's only 31 proverbs. You read one a day every every day for six months. You're gonna remember a couple of them. Oh, they're gonna come in handy every now and then. Oh yeah, and she's been doing it since she was a teenager. Come on, come I have, a, on, I have a buddy of mine. He's been doing this for a long time as well. And every now and then we'll be in conversation. And he'll just quote, quote a proverb at me, and I'm like, "Man, shut up before I slap you." <laughs> <laughs> but hey, check this out, Ezra. In light of what we just read, right? In, in light of the previous point that uh he he comforts us in time of struggle yes. and time of trouble and what we ought to do with that right. in order to help others ezra chapter 7 verse 10 for ezra set his heart to study the law of the lord mm. and to do it mm. and to teach his statutes mm. and rules in israel mm. there's a critical point here there's a there's, there's a key aspect of this verse and it's he set his heart to study right. so he studied the law of the lord and then he did it right when you're studying the law of god when you're studying the things of god when you're taking in everything that god says in his word you're going to start applying it mm-hmm. and if you love people if you love your friends if you've initiated friendships if you listen and respond to your friends, if you're there for your friends in time of trouble, mm-hmm. you're going to teach, teach it to them. Mm-hmm. And here's, here's one quote that I'll never forget from uh, Dr. Lemma. I'm sorry, Dr. Lemma Jr. Uh, Dr. Lemma Jr., he said, uh, teaching has not occurred. Oh, Teaching has learning. not occurred until the learning. learner has not applied it. <laughs> Hold on. You can't say amen. You ought to say ouch. Come Te- on. Teaching has not occurred until the learner has applied it. So, yeah, you can go and read your Bible. You can go and study it. But until you practice it and pass it on, you haven't learned anything. You haven't been taught. Wow. And that's, and that's honestly, that's part of being a good friend. Part of being a good friend is teaching, practicing, and passing it on. That's beautiful. Teaching, passing, teaching, practicing, and passing it on. TPP.
TPP, teaching, practicing, and passing it's it on. It's a sermon TPP. right there. <laughs> sermon points. Sermon points. Oh, man. Here's a really big one. Here's a really, really big one. And this one's actually really helpful. Uh, one, for your salvation. Uh, two, because it's going to teach you how to mend relationships in your own life. Right. And it's that God forgives and restores. God forgives and restores. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right there. Right there. I can think of so many different conflicts that I've had with friends in the past that it's literally just sitting down with them, laying it all, laying everything out on the table and saying, dude, this is where I messed up. Mm. Can you forgive me for that? And you know what? Some of those friendships were like, no, nah, man, I can't. I'm sorry. And, but many other ones from the sheer fact of just saying, hey, I know I messed up. Yeah. I'm going to take a responsibility for that. Yeah. They're willing to forgive and your friendship is now set on a path to restoration. It might take a while, but it's there. However, with God, and this is the big one because we're looking at our friendship with the Lord with this in specific, when we're faithful to confess our sins, he He's forgives us and, just and the restoration is him mending that relationship that was broken by sin. That's amazing. Bro. That's powerful. That is powerful. Check out the quote by John Stott. Confession is not to be thought of primarily as an activity, but as an attitude. Mm. It is a continual spirit of repentance. Oof. Do you know how much sin we hold in our hearts constantly? Oh, too much. It's just not even sin. I mean, John Calvin says that our hearts are perpetual idol factories. Constantly creating little idols for ourselves, whether it be at work or at home, with family, with kids, with money, with everything. Mm -hmm. And that's just idolatry. Mm. If we if we are considering and man, if we're considering uh, repentance as a casual activity that we do when we feel super heavy, bogged down. Mm hmm. We're not getting anywhere. Mm -mm. We're not going to get anywhere because we eventually will forget to repent. Mm -hmm. We will. And then if we if you don't repent continually, you're eventually going to feel like you're not a sinner. You're eventually going to feel like you're a good person. You're eventually <laughs> going to feel like if I'm a good person, that I'm fine with God, that I don't really need to go to church that much. Mm. The, the aspect of continually having a continual heart of repentance is acknowledging consistently that you are a sinner in desperate need of God. Hmm. Of we are in desperate need of that relationship with God. And the, the beauty of this, of this topic that we're covering today is that God, and I love the, 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 I, the imagery that Pastor Rick from Christ Fellowship, the imagery that he, that he, that he would constantly show is that God never, uh, when we go to God, he is never going to address you with his arms closed mm. in a stoic posture, but he's going to embrace you with arms wide open as a loving friend and father. Mm. 
there's a this old song. I remember singing it when I was a kid at a Grand Baptist Church mm. off of Okeechobee Road. Hello. A uh, little trailer church. This is a church I grew up in. Did nice. it smell like this? Good. So it did. It did. By the way, <laughs> there's a there's a new off fogger that I started using out here so that we don't get eaten alive by mosquitoes while. Uh, which works, by the way. Which works fantastically if, y'all, if, if you're listening. If y'all ever want to get it. Uh, but we realized today that it smells like a clean small church bathroom i know that's really weird i know <laughs> yes. that's really really weird but, if, but you if, know, you, if you know you know if you know you know if you know you know and by, by that statement alone your memory will take you there mm-hmm. uh but we used to sing this song it was actually one of my pastor's favorite songs right it was by alan jackson right mm. it's called in the garden come on and it really portrays like what our relationship what our friendship should look like with god and just the chorus Ugh. You want me to play it? Oh my God! If you can, absolutely, bro. Absolutely. The the chorus of the song is amazing, and I think it really depicts on, you know, what our relationship should look like with God. Mm. Check it out. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on. And the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses, and He walks with me, and He talks with me, and He tells me I. His own, and the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Man, man, just just think about that—a friendship with someone that walks with you, talks with you calls you their own shares every joy with you just hangs out with you you'll never know another friendship like that Come on. there is no human interaction that you could ever have like that None. but with god it's right there that's every interaction oh my goodness that's so good so i hope this is encouraging you to you guys um honestly we have so we have some more points, but we can leave it there. Mm-hmm. We can leave it there by saying that God wants to have a friendship with you. Yep, that is what He sent His Son down to die for you for. Absolutely, and He wants to walk with you, talk with you, and share every joy in life with you. Reach out to Him. Let that happen. Grace and peace, guys. Love y'all. The voice of hope, his voice to me is calling, and he walks 
joy we share as we tarry there. None other has ever We tarry there, another as ever known.